Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Kelly S., and I am Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So today is Thursday, March the 12th, 2020, and today we are in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're on page 96, third, uh, last paragraph there that says, he may be broke, and reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Anne-Marie M., 12 Traditions, Terry H. The readers of our text today, readers will be uh, Russ M., Katie G., and Ross G., and our newcomer greeter, Reva P., and our second-hour host, Deb W. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, March 11th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14237, 14237. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 14239, 14239. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now have Anne-Marie M. read the 12 steps. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you. Anne-Marie M. Gratefully recovered through God's grace. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and life over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive eater, to compulsive eaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Well, thank you, Emery. 
Okay, so now Terry H. will read 12 Traditions. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. This is Terry H. from Pensacola, Florida, presently camping in Tennessee, and grateful we got a com- completely portable program. And I'm a compulsive overreach ear cover. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups, ROA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, the OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name in any related facilities or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special works, workers. Nine OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to, the, for, to those they serve. And ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, technology is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me be a service. Thank you so much, Terry H. All right. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we'll stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I'll say time if you go over. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And we ask you not to use speaker phones because it makes it hard to hear. So today we're in the big book. Let's see, we're on page 96, third paragraph there at the bottom of the page. Uh, He may be broke. And Russ M., he's going to get us started. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, family. Russ M., recover compulsive overeater. He may be broke and homeless. If he is, 
you might try to help him out about getting a job or giving him or give him a financial give him a little financial assistance but you should not deprive your family or creditors of money they should have perhaps you'll want to take the man into your home for a few days but be sure you use discretion be certain he will be welcomed by your family and that he's not trying to impose on you for money connections or shelter permit that you Permit that you uh, permit that, and you only harm him. You will be making uh, making it possible for him to be insincere. You may be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery. So when I reviewed this paragraph, I'm like, where, where do I go with this, right? Um, you know, we come in the program pretty jammed up. Not everybody the same, but uh, you know on hard times, right? So we have to be uh, attentive to that, compassionate towards someone. Having said that, you can't, um, uh, how would you say, empower a person or enable a person to manipulate or to stay in their recovery. I can't deprive someone of their bottom. You know, I... I, I it sounds harsh, but I, you know, I, I want to help people. Uh, we all want to help people, but unless they only have God, unless the last resort is God, and that's all they have, that's the only way they're going to, you know, they're going to live free. Because ultimately, you know, the food, the addictive substances, the money, possessions, whatever, it's not God. It's not going to fill that hole. So. Yes, you want to help them out. You want to try to get people on their feet. But, you know, I'm pretty good at getting into bad relationships, you know. Uh, and that, this could be the environment for that. So I have to, you have to be very uh, selective in how you're doing things and just be there for that person. Allow them to feel some pain because that, that'll – or feel the ultimate pain where they're, where they're at their bottom so they can stay close to God. And they will succeed in, the, in this program. You know, they'll develop a spiritual life because there's no other option. So that's all I got. Love you guys. I pass. Okay, Russ, caught me off guard a little bit there. So we are on uh, page 96, third paragraph. He may be broke. If you haven't shared in the last couple days, and would like to share on this paragraph, give me your first uh, first name and initial of your last. Hi, this is Linda D. From Katie G. Linda, Linda D., Katie G. Is there somebody else? I heard Linda and Katie, but I thought there was a third person I heard. Maybe not. Mary Beth S. Santa H. Tina S. Mary Beth S. Santa. Tina. Roz. Roz G. Roz. Well, that's a good lineup. That's six. So let's just stop there. So please make sure your phones are muted. Star one. We'll get started. Um, our lineup is Linda D. Katie G. Mary Beth S. Santa H. Tina S. Roz G. And Linda D, you're getting us started. Go. Hi. I'm not a newcomer, but I'm in relapse. 
And um, I appreciate this reading today because I'm realizing maybe part of the problem with my being able to stick to the program is I wasn't desperate enough. And now, and this is today, I'm having a lot of physical problems because of my diabetes. I can't see out of one eye. I, um, I'm 341 pounds. I keep going up. Um, and it's just the last few days I'm in contact again with my sponsor. And we agreed, actually, we're not going to work on the program until I see a nutritionist. So I appreciate the boundaries in the last few days and understanding why my sponsor might be a little uh, strict with me, although she's kind about it. I appreciate understanding why she's doing what she's doing. And I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. Next up, Katie G, followed by Mary Beth S. Hey, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. I'm really looking forward to the next couple pages. I'm really excited about this paragraph. You know, one of the best lines in the book is that I can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Try applying that throughout your day today. It's a killer, but it's true. You know, when I came into the rooms, I was single. I didn't have any friends. I uh, was single. (laughs) I didn't know what to do with my life. And I wanted a sponsor to clean up my life. And um, before I did the steps, um, I wanted to become Orthodox Jewish. I wanted to become a born-again Christian. Um, Not because I wanted to have a spiritual awakening, but because I wanted to be sin. And I wanted to get a boy. I wanted to get married and uh, have kids. And, uh, you know, the people that taught me the most are the women that did not tolerate my um, dumping on them, my saying, well, if you had my life, you would eat too. You know, the hardest thing, the hardest lesson in this program is that nothing, no external circumstances can make me eat. I promise you there are people on this line who have walked through and are currently walking through treacherous, treacherous, treacherous lives that that you can't imagine, and yet they are being sober, considerate, and helpful regardless. Why? Because I spent my life looking for external things to fix me, and you were going to do it for me. And I didn't know how to have proper relationships, so I either ate you up or threw you out, right? Like that was, those were my relationships, and I needed you to fix me. And I think that as a sponsor, my, my opportunity, my privilege is to humbly say, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. But I wanted somebody to be a job coach, to be a life coach, to tell me, go join that religion. Now, there's nothing wrong with those beautiful religions. Please forgive me if that was offensive. But I'm I'm a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. And I don't have the privilege of going to those religions until I get rid of the manifestations of self. Selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear. And until I, as a single woman with no future, nothing, stops putting life in front of my actual life, right, I couldn't do anything. I kept putting grad school and getting a boyfriend and getting more. I wanted more. 
This is a program of subtraction, and over the last 16 years, through the process of subtraction, somehow, the grace of God has subtracted so much from my life that my life has become full. The exterior looks better than anything I could have planned, but not because I sought out to get it and for you to give it to me, but because I stopped, because I subtracted, right? And then God could come in, break me open, and free me, and with that, I passed. Thanks, Katie. Right on time. All right. So, Mary Beth S., followed by Santa H. Good morning, Mary Beth. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for your service, and good morning to everyone. I'm Mary Beth S., a recovered sugar addict and recovering compulsive eater anorexic. You know, when I was listening, I've been listening to working with others, and um, you know, I, this paragraph resonated for me. And and what I got first was it, the very first line, he may be broken homeless. And I just turned that around to myself. And while I wasn't uh, literally homeless, you know, I didn't ho- have a home inside of myself. And I was definitely broken uh, in places spiritually and so i'm in it i'm also in another program and i've had the privilege of being in that one for a little over eight years but i still um have a real challenge with boundaries and discretion now i you know i have a hard time seeing when someone is <clears throat> when their motives are not clear, I can be gullible sometimes, especially around this kind of stuff, you know, because I want to be helpful. Um, so, but, um, you know, like Russ said, I love that he said, um, you know, something like it's not beneficial to deprive a person of their bottom. And I really needed that myself. Um, I had to feel that sense of my my compass just spinning and spinning and realizing I was just in a shitload of pr- trouble. And um, so, you know, I definitely have more work to do. Well, gosh, we all do forever. But I mean, I um I can't I I cannot sponsor folks but I can be a program friend and um and that's what I'm focusing on right now you know in OA and I am just so grateful for all of you um and um god I'm just so fortunate um I love as Russ says I love you guys <laughs> and have a beautiful day. Thank you. I pass. Thanks so much, Mary Beth. Okay, so next up, Santa H, followed by Tina S. Hey, Santa. Good morning. This is Santa H, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Montclair, New Jersey. This paragraph is very emotional for me because it reminds me of my recover guide. Uh, my very first one, as she rests in peace. Um, 
how generous she was to me. And I, when I first met her, I was living with family. I just got up here to New Jersey from Florida, uh, divorced, had no friends, but I was willing to go to any land. And I know if I was not recovered at that time, she would not have been there for me like she had. I mean, she was very generous um, when I, I had to move into the YMCA and she helped, with, she helped with things that I needed. And then finally, when I moved into my own apartment, um, she helped me with food and furniture and um, she was extremely generous. And I'm so grateful for that period. I tried to carry it forward, you know, helping my protégés after they get recovered and they're on their feet and I see a change. I oftentimes send them literature um, a book um, to help them with their recovery, to help them along their way. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful. She even helped me get to, to the first Vision for You convention. So, you know, we can do for each other here, networking, um, you know, passing on, um, you know, generously. Sometimes not always money. Sometimes it could be time, attention. Um, there's so many ways that we can give back. Um, especially when, you know, they've been through the process, you see that they're changing, you see that they're um, getting on their feet, taking responsibility for their own life. And I am just so grateful for, you know, for her helping me in, in the manner which she did. And I asked for nothing. I asked her for none of this. She just generously gave it because she knew I needed it. And I just wanted to share my experience with that. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Santa. Um, next up, Tina S. followed by Roz G. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Some great shares this morning. Grateful to be on the line. And, you know, and, and I love that part of if uh, he may be broken homeless. If he is, you might try to help him about getting a job or give him a little financial assistance. You know, um, and, and I know we do what we can today, but our main focus is to to carry the message, and that is the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, a spiritual awakening that enables me to live free from this disease one day at a time. And, you know, when I got here, you know, I didn't come here to find God. I say that all the time. It's the truth. I didn't even come, I didn't come here for a spiritual awakening. You know, I came here because the situations were bad, you know, and I love that it was talked about. And we can get sober regardless of our conditions, regardless and of anybody's um, situation, you know, and, uh, you know, and I couldn't understand why people were saying, you know, let's do this stuff first and that will take care of itself because it, it was just a new concept to me. I never, I thought all this had to be taken care of first, then I'll straighten out, you know, but it tells me in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, once the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out in these other areas. And it also says on, says on page 45 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that, you know, what we what we do with this book is it enables us to find a power greater than ourselves, which will solve our problem. You know, so if I am reading the black in the book and not all the other stuff, because I read, read, read many things in between the lines, but when I follow a direction and I'm really, and I love that it was talked about, you know, I have to be desperate because if I think somehow, some way, someday I can do some of this stuff on my own, I'm going to try it. You know, so I had to exhaust all my efforts in order to do this. But back to, to the paragraph in of itself, you know, because I thought I couldn't be helpful, be generous. I can be that stuff. 
You know, I don't do for others what they can do for themselves, but if somebody needs a ride to the grocery store, if somebody needs an extra 20 bucks, if I have that, I am willing to give it as long as they are in this, on this journey, you know, because we all struggle. We all get help through other people, you know, and, and I am one of them. People had done for me what I could not do for myself, but not certainly what I could. And with that, I'll pass some great stuff. Thank you, Tina S. Next up is Roz G, and then we'll be taking more shares. So good morning, Roz. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. Wow. I've um, been in so many situ- different situations throughout my life um, while working 12-step programs. Uh, there was a time in my life when um, I was a single mom renting a house. And the owners of the home lost the home. And uh, we had to vacate. And um, a friend of mine in program uh, took me, my kids, in and our dog for a month. And during that time, you know, I I found a place to live. And I'll never, I'll always be grateful for that person. You know, it was a person who was in the 12-step program who offered us a place to stay and um, I'll never forget that I've also um, my my current sponsor said to me you know it took me I've been in program a long time and I have been a chronic relapser I have eight months of of um, entire abstinence now and she spent quite a few mornings going over a food plan with me. I mean, really, like the ounces and the measurements and a lot, a lot of help. And, um, you know, finally she said to me, you know, Roz, I don't want to be your food police. And it was a good thing that she did that because while she kind of, you know, nursed me along in the beginning because I was so clueless about food. It's just so amazing how much education a person can have and when you're a real compulsive overeater. I'm talking of me, how clueless I am with food. Um, she, she, she helped me along, but she does not enable me. And it's up to me, you know, to, to get to, 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 to put my food plan in, you know, on the, on the Google Doc. You know, it's there every day. It's about. Um, but she allowed me, she gave me the help, and now, you know, has not enabled me to to continue to count on her. So, you know, this 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 paragraph has um, enable all over it, and it's so it's just straightforward. And um, I've experienced it on both sides, whether I needed help or whether I help others. I haven't really met a compulsive overeater that has been homeless. I'm sure there are some out there, and I was at one time. And I'm just grateful that we're so understanding and caring of each other, and that we understand each other to you know like no other no others can, and we don't have to have shame. We understand each other, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Perfect timing, Ross. Okay, if you're just now joining us. Uh, we are in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 96, third paragraph there at the bottom of the page. He may be broke. 
If you'd like to share on this paragraph and haven't shared in the last couple of days, we'd love to hear from you. PB. PB. Sonia C. Reva B. Tanya. Wait, is Sonia it Tanya? C. Sonia. Sonia. Okay, Sonia P. C. Toby. C. Okay. C. <laughs> Jody. Toby. Reva. Good God. Toby. Toby. Gotcha. Toby W. Reva P. <laughs> I got you, Reva. Sorry. Thanks. I got P, Sonia, Reva, and Toby. Who else would like to share? This is your chance, guys. Get your voice out there. Melissa. Well, we'll just... Hey, Melissa, I got gotcha. All right. Well, maybe you can get the courage up in a minute, guys. I'm sure we'll have time Joe. for more. So here's who? Joe H. Joe. Joe H. Okay. Here's all I got. Here's what I got. Pete B, Sonia C, Reva P, Toby W, Melissa C, and Joe H. So we'll get started with Pete. Good morning, Pete. Star one, Pete. Here I am. Hey, hey, good morning, Kelly. Thanks for calling on me. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. Really good stuff this morning. I love this paragraph. I, I always can't help but say, but, but saying the same thing every time I hear it. And hopefully I haven't shared it on this meeting to not to be redundant, but I could remember early on in recovery. I was living, I was living on a, on a friend's uh, in an extra room in a friend's house. And we had, we were taken in, you know, drunks that would, that didn't have any place to live. And, you know, I would go to work and I would come home and they'd be asking me for a cigarette and something to eat, you know, and tell me about what they did all day, you know, running around town, going to three or four meetings and, you know, really focused on recovery and living off, you know, essentially the kindness of others in the fellowship. And, you know, I got real frustrated because my, you know, my days were long and I, you know, I just kind of, you know, a little self-absorbed. And when I told my sponsor about, what I was doing, he said, when are you going to stop hurting those drunks? He said, you know, it's not our job to deprive anybody of the pain that they need to go through that's going to drive them to the point of desperation where they're going to be willing to go to any lengths for recovery. And, and, and as an organization, we often, you know, we talk about working with others and being helpful. And we are, you know, we're, we're you know, one drunk helping another drunk. We, we have that almost imprinted on our mind. But, but really what we, it's not, it, it's going to say it, I think, after the, in the next paragraph. It's not a question of if we give, it's how we give, right? And, and, what we, and what we really need to do is be very, very careful that we don't deprive somebody of that pain and suffering that they have to go through. You know, many of our members say this, like, I'm grateful for every pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream that I devoured. I'm grateful for every chocolate chip cookie. I'm grateful for every donut because it demonstrated to me that I have this powerless, this hopeless fatal condition that only gets worse, never better. Right. And as a recovering member, my job is not to soften the bottom for anybody. My job is to be as loving and supportive and kindful and, and, and as kind as I can be, but at the same time being as serious and um, as being as serious as we can possibly be with this condition. 
right? And not, and not make it say, well, it's okay. I mean, I can tell you this, the kindest thing that anybody ever said to me in, an, in, a, in, a, in a 12-step recovery meeting was, was you might want to try working the AA program, not your program. Right. They might they, they, they told me that what I was doing was just hurting other members when you know, I would go to you know, three or four meetings a day, share what I heard in the meeting before. And then, you know, at the next meeting, collecting information, share other people's experience. Because I wanted to sound good. I wanted to sound like I knew what I was doing. I wanted to become some kind of guru and some loving, kind member in Knoxville, Tennessee, told me that. I need to. I need to. I needed to work this program with the desperation of the dying if I want to get better and stop playing around in the fellowship and playing around in recovery. And I'm so time, please. But that I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. All right. Next up, we have Sonia C. Followed by Reva P. Good morning, Sonia. Star one, Sonia. Hi, Kelly. Can you hear me now? I can. Oh, great. Well, this is uh, Sonia C. from uh, Ohio, a recovering um, overeater bulimic. Uh, I'm just calling to tell uh, how great a bottom really is. I uh, called last week in my bottom, and I was so, oh, I just didn't even know if I could make it through the day. I was just so physically, mentally crushed but i have now had 10 days of total abstinence ready to submit to the program and my bottom made me finally be able to take in the simplicity of it i am a copious note taker i want to be able to have this the you know the the reasons for everything to happen and so now i just know it's not I don't have to know everything. I just have to simply not eat sugar, not eat white flour, be spiritually fit, go to meetings, and just do all the simple stuff. So I, not lots of words of wisdom, but just to say how wonderful your bottom, reaching your bottom is. Because with my bottom, I was finally able to just say yes to the simplicity of it and be ready to just do what it took no matter any all week long I've been saying to my new sponsor it's this simple right it's this I'm not missing something right and she keeps saying yes it's this simple and with that um, I will pass and thank everybody for this chance at having a life and I'll pass all right, thank you so much for your share, Sonia. Next up, Reva P. followed by Toby W. Hey, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Two things struck me in this paragraph because, first of all, it's talking about money, connections, and shelter. And for me, that reminds me, and I don't know where it is, uh, but somewhere else in the book, it talks about that job or no job, spouse or no spouse, that my dependence, my, my, my first and priority dependence is on my higher power. And I can get fooled by money problems and job problems and all kinds of other stuff. And I'm actually grateful when I think about it um, that I wasn't bailed out 
not only by people in program, but by family, because um, I learned that there are, first of all, consequences to choices and actions, and, and that when I'm in a bind, um, if I trust in God, stay clean, and work the steps, I don't know how, but somehow things work out. But the thing that struck me the most is the discretion part. And you know what? At this point, I'm working with others. I'm in step 12. Um, how It says on the next page, I think, um, it's not about giving. It's knowing when and how and what to give. And I can't know that unless I am constantly working 10, 11, and then 12. I need to get rid of you know, the stuff that blocks me. And how do I know? I have to keep asking my higher power. And sometimes it's not the material things that need to be given. Um, and the phrase that gets me the most is, you know, not what do I need, what am I needed for? What am I needed for in this interaction? What do I need to do? What do I need to say? What am I needed for with this person? What can I give? What's actually harmful if I give too much and then I'm enabling? And it applies to people in program. It applies to my children. Um, I tend to want to you know, save somebody, help them. And sometimes the help is actually enabling, and it's not helping at all, at all in the long run. So I'm so grateful that I don't have to have recipes and plans, do this and don't do that and do this and don't do that. I have to just go to my higher power in every specific situation what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What, do I, what am I needed for? Um, and God figures it out because um, it's different every time and with different people. Um, yeah, so this is like working it with, in all my affairs, um, whether I'm at work, at home, um, or working with sponsees. And uh, I'm so grateful because I never could do that before. Never, never. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Next up, Toby W. followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Toby. Good morning. Good morning. And um, my name is Toby W. And presently, uh, gratefully, uh, Snowbird in Florida. And, uh, you know, reading this paragraph brought me to think about me as a person, as an addict. I always wanted somebody to do the hard stuff for me. Um, as a child, uh, mom, where is Lake Erie? I didn't even want to look up in the, in the, in the, um, in the book. Um, always wanted somebody to do, and it was the same thing with sponsors. And I'm sitting here, and I'm listening, and I'm reading, and I'm saying, oh, the only one that can do anything for me is my higher power. That's who I need to turn to, not a particular sponsor or not somebody else. Yes, I need to call people and talk about things that are bothering me and listen to some guidance that people are suggesting, but it's my higher power that I need to go to. It's God that I need to go to to help me make decisions that are good for me, and if I make the wrong decision, change it. But really spend time with God. I used to, when I was in relapse, 
call people and say, can I sleep at your house? So, you know, if I sleep at your house, I won't binge in the night. Well, guess what? I got up in the middle of the night and I went through their cabinets because (laughs) those things just don't work. What works is me going to God. What works is me being totally abstinent and working the program, working the steps. And I am just so grateful, so grateful that this is where I am today. And I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Toby W. Next up, Melissa C. followed by Joe H. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered <clears throat> compulsive overeater and I'm in New York. And, um, you know, I, this paragraph for me is all about healthy boundaries and that, um, you know, when we talk about being friendly, um, this is a clear definition of what it means to be a friend. It's a friend in recovery, you know, that's a sponsor perhaps, but we're not doormats, right? And we don't um, disrespect our own families in an effort to help someone else. And, you know, um, I was, you know, thankfully I wasn't financially broke, you know, and I, um, and I wasn't homeless, but, you know, when I came in here, um, I was certainly broken and, and like, I couldn't find a place for myself, you know? So in a way, it did feel like I was homeless because I couldn't, I couldn't feel at ease no matter where I went. And, you know, I'm like, I read this and I think about a sponsor that I had, who's just the most beautiful soul, you know, she greeted me at a meeting and she said, welcome home. And I felt it. Like I knew she meant it. And, um, she offered me no money, you know, although I'm sure she would have if I needed it. Like, I know if I would have asked her, she would have helped me out. Um, but she offered me her time and her friendship and directions. And, you know, like early on in the program, um, she would invite me over to her beautiful house. We would sit outside on her patio and she would talk about, like, you know, eating in the fresh air, and, and she would serve me, like, healthy, clean, abstinent food. And um, and then we would go for a walk in her neighborhood. And, you know, I was over 300 pounds, so this was, like, huge for me, you know. Um, and But she also made it really clear to me that, and her husband's name was Jim, and she would call him Jimbo, and she's like, look, Jimbo's coming home. I got I got time to spend with Jimbo now. And... I learned that from her. You know, I learned um, that I can give to people, my sponsees, but I owe something to my family. I owe something to my husband and my children. And, you know, for me, um, I'll answer the phone. If somebody is looking to get out of the food and they need help, I tell them, call me anytime. If I don't answer, you know, I'll text you back. It's likely I'm with my family and I and I don't answer the phone during mealtime. And if I'm spending time with my husband... Um, or my kids, that's their time. It's sacred. So that's really what I get from this paragraph, that my family does not owe <laughs> the fellowship anything. <laughs> like, they, that's this is not their program. I'm their mom. I owe them everything. Um, I owe this program everything. Um, and that's me for to sort of figure out that boundary. But um, that's what I learned from, from 
good friendships in recovery. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Okay, thanks, Melissa. So next up, Joe H., and we'll have time for a couple more shares. Good morning, Joe. Joe H., star one. Well, um, I guess we'll come back to Joe. Um, So we're on page 96, third paragraph. Uh, He may be broke. Who uh, would like to share? Hey, I'm so sorry. Loretta H. from Boston. Wait just a minute. Uh, Joe, just hang on just a minute. Loretta, Craig. Um, we'll go ahead and do that. So let's just star one, everybody, and go ahead, Joe. You're up. I'm so sorry. First time share. Um, so a long time listener. My name is Joe H. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. And when I hear this paragraph, I think of two things. First, you know, a home. And I've never felt like I belong. But when I walked into the rooms of OA, and when I walk in the rooms of OA or on these meetings, I truly feel at home. I know I belong. I get that safety and security, the love and affection that I know has always been out there. I just never felt. I just always felt separate from other people. And um, and looking at it as a flip side, my experience in working with others, I've had I've not had to give anyone money or a home, but I'm grateful. I've got the time to give to other people. They've had the time to give to me. That's such a precious gift that we give each other time. And the other thing, in working with others, I am so grateful that it's a key to the steps, you know, the 12 steps. Because of my own, if I wasn't working with someone else, I probably would have left this program. And I've learned in the past when I leave, I don't practice, I don't do, and I go back to the food. So working with others, it really, I get so much out of it because it forces me to do my disciplines, to practice faith, and to do the steps and work them harder than I would on my own because I can't give away what I don't have. And there are many times I have to say this past week, just life circumstances finding myself full of fear, financial fear, you know, different fears. And it's like, oh, my God, how can I turn around to someone, another woman, and to say, trust God, rely on God, this too shall pass, everything's going to be okay if I'm not doing it. So I love OA and I love the 12 steps because this is my one home and through the grace of the 12 steps, I stay connected to God and to other people. I don't isolate because by nature, I'm a loner and I'm an isolator. And the food was my relief. And in a way, I'm at home and I'm connected with others in a way I've never been able to be in the past. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Joe. Welcome to the line. Always great to hear new voices. All right, so Loretta, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Hi, good morning. I think it's Kelly this morning. Thank you for your service. This is Loretta H., compulsive overeater, anorexic, 
graced with God's absence for today. And um, I have a story from the 80s that I was in program in the 80s, and I got very anorexic. And But at that time, and I wasn't spiritually fit. I was using a food plan, and I white-knuckled it for a year, and I was perfectly, perfectly absent. But I brought an anorexic home to live with us, my husband and myself. Well, it almost ruined my marriage, and um, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't for the right intent. Um, but ironically, now looking back at it, because she did become a Christian and got married, and I don't know where she is today, but I think she's living happily ever after, because she got the program and I didn't, I then left. But, um, you know, God has a really great sense of humor and unanswered prayers. And it took me another 25 years to come back into the rooms. But I think because of that experience and realizing that I needed a spiritual experience, except, you know, with I needed to understand my eating disorder from the aspect of how to eat. And that was blessed by a nutritionist who was my sponsor. But then I needed to work the steps in order to get the spiritual awakening. So it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about that today, and I'm just so grateful that I was able to have that experience and have her come into my home and realize that just bringing somebody into my home was my destruction. And um, also, it wasn't for the right reason it was my ego so I just thank everybody and today you know with God's grace I am you know uh, free of the food and again working on I'm on step nine now and I'm just so again uh, to get authentically serene and that's what my new sponsor has so thank you everybody have a great and blessed day and everybody's service and healing shares. I love it. Bye. Thank you. Thanks so much, Loretta H. Next up, we have Craig F. And then we'll have time for another share. So if you want to share, get ready. All right, Craig, you're up. Hi, good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, boy, have I made this mistake twice in my life. Uh, You know, if nothing will uh, get to my uh, heart quicker than seeing somebody homeless, you know, because, and I, I know that that's because I'm afraid of that myself, you know, that, that I have that fear and I don't want to see anybody else go through it because it makes it more real. So it's about me. And, uh, but I, I, uh, on two different occasions have let somebody move into my house because they were homeless or getting to be homeless. And, uh, um, I don't think I did them a bit of good, and I certainly didn't do myself a bit of good um, other than, than uh, trying to make myself look better, I guess. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a reason that people are where they're at usually. It's not, uh, you know, I want to think maybe it's just circumstances, and it may be some circumstances involved, but people usually are where they're at because of a series of decisions that they've made, usually. And, uh, you know, if we take away the impact of those decisions, if I take away the impact of those decisions, they don't learn how to make better decisions. 
and uh, they don't learn how to live a life dependent on on a higher power. And uh, you know, I have in the end, I've not done them any good. I've done them great harm. And you know, so that enlightened compassion that uh, we're encouraged to have here, you know, to learn how to do things, when to do things, and when to do the right things for people, uh, is a part of our recovery. And you know, I, I'm not saying I greatly regret having uh, helped those two people, but uh, you know, I, I know today how to do it better. I know how to, I, I know how to. Uh, uh, at least I have a clue about how to uh, be compassionate without hurting the person I'm being compassionate about. But when that also gets messy, it's when you have a uh, when I have a relative, or uh, in, in this case, a, a, a son that uh, needs help. You know, H- how do I show him compassion? You know, uh, it's, it's a child, and so you know, they, and, and believe me, they're they're still your children when they're in their 40s. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I had to do this the other day. I had to say no uh, because I couldn't and I could no longer uh, be an enabler uh, to his bad decisions. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he knows where the solution to the problem is. He's been introduced. Uh, and uh, I, I need to just take my hands off of him. And, I, and, you know, part of taking my hands off of him is... Time, please. Not, thank you, not rescuing him. And so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Craig. All right, we have time for a two-minute share. Who would like it? Carmela G. Go, Carmela. Hi, thank you so much for your service, and thank you for everyone this morning on the line. Um, again, I really didn't think I had anything to share But when I listened to the last few shares, I realized in disease, I was so obsessive. I was rescuing everyone and doing it all. And when I went into program, my sponsor seemed extremely harsh, but yet I was willing to take it because I was so desperate. I wanted recovery so badly. I was willing to do anything. And today, after living in the steps and working them and learning from other recovered fellows, I can bring balance along with the love that I have, not only in program to my sponsees, but I can bring it into my family and into life. And I can love, but yet be balanced and let the person be their individual selves and make their own mistakes and be there and extend that hand and not preach and not just give, 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 and then resent, resent, resent. And that is the gift of this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Carmela, for wrapping us up there. Okay. So where are we here? Well, thank you to everyone who shared. Um, thanks for Team Thursday. Roz for hanging in the background there. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Our share ID for Thursday today, March 12th, 14248. 14248. So we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hey, Kelly. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.